Thunderbolts. The Thunderbolts? Are they the exciting new heroes the world needs? Thunderbolts, strike! Today makes at least half a dozen times the Thunderbolts have done the job we used to depend on the Avengers for. It allowed us to move among you, disguising who we really are. The Masters of Evil! In what is now becoming an old story, the Thunderbolts once again save the city. Enough of this hero talk. You will do as you're told. He's right. You may be wearing a songbird costume, but underneath you're just screaming me. I can expose all of you right now. So you see, you really have no choice. You know what? We're done playing these parts. It's time to live these parts. No one betrays Zemo. Figures, just when we go in on this hero thing, our blood runs out. Avengers, Defenders, Thunderbolts, I make any team better. We're Norman Osborn's A-team, and he's the big man in charge now. This isn't the team I used to lead. You, honey, are under arrest. You have to fight for what's right every single day, bulletproof skin or not. The Thunderbolts have worked hard to change people's minds about us, but apparently we've got a ways to go. Hey folks, and welcome back to Justice, not entirely dissimilar to Lightning, the fan spin spinoff uh, podcast where we talk about uh, Marvel's uh, villains turned heroes, the Thunderbolts, and upcoming movie stars, I should say now. Uh, yeah, so I'm Mike, I'm your host tonight, and joining me tonight is... Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC of the Fanhole Rods. What's up? The fan, yeah. Should we rebrand this? This should be like the lightning rods episode, whatever. Yeah. So uh, we're continuing our our usual, you know, thing. I mean, Shag likes the joke. We only release like two episodes a year or whatever. But I think uh-huh, this might... screw you, Shag. This is yeah. gonna be like three episodes, <laughs> three or a year. four at least. Yeah. But by the time screw you, out... screw you. <laughs> it's it's also it's also to tie it into Justin. I think technically it's the 25th anniversary of Thunderbolts, so we managed to get out a bunch of episodes in the 25th anniversary. Yeah, this is this is an anniversary year, yeah. So that that works out pretty well. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I, if this is your first time tuning in to Justice, not dissimilar, entirely dissimilar to Lightning, I assume you've been brought in by the uh, Thunderbolts movie news, and you're like, oh man, I gotta find some podcasts about these guys. Like, they, like welcome, and uh, you know our if, if our usual thing is we'll talk, you know, a, a regular issue in the Thunderbolts chronology, and in the back half of the show we'll talk a historical issue that ties in with you know the issue the the you know modern issue we're talking about so um i will i will read the summary i wrote up for uh the uh modern i quote unquote modern issue of uh thunderbolts and then we'll we'll get into it so uh thunderbolts number 16 with a cover date of 19 uh july 1998 uh the writer is of course kurt Busick, the penciler mark bagley anchor scott hannah colorist joe roses letterers uh, Richard Starkings, Comic Craft, and uh, Siobhan Hanna. Uh, is that Scott Hanna's r- relation, maybe? Or who knows? I have but, no idea. But, uh, and edited by Tom Brevoort. And uh, the title of this issue is Thunder and Lightning. And uh, I will read what happens in this issue. Baron Zemo is attempting to locate something in another dimension when Techno interrupts him with the news that the Thunderbolts have reappeared on Earth. 
In Boulder, Colorado, we pick up where we left off with our villains turned heroes as they take on the Lightning Rods, aka the Great Lakes Avengers. While the Rods manage to get the upper hand on the T-Bolts initially by splitting them up, Jolt manages to turn the tide by helping Mach 1, and soon the Lightning Rods are defeated. The T-Bolts disguise themselves as the Lightning Rods to throw GW Bridge and Shield off their trail and escape their would-be captors. In Madison, Wisconsin, Eric Jostin locates his estranged brother Carl in a bar. Eric tries to catch up on what's happened to his family, but before he can, he and Carl are abducted by a loan shark and his goons that are looking for money that Carl owes them. Both of them are dumped in a car crusher, but Eric grows the giant size and gets them out. After threatening the goons to leave his family alone, Eric realizes that Carl's been shot, and his older brother tells him the sad tale of the downfall of their parents. Eric's criminal activities ruined their parents' lives, and their younger brother Conrad moved away and changed his name. Carl makes peace with Eric before starting to succumb to his injuries, but Eric swears he'll get his brother to a hospital. Zemo and Techno put a new plan into action as the other T-Bolts shelter in a motel room. When they hear that the Hulk is on a rampage in a Wyoming town, Moonstone marshals the others into trying to take him down. Mach 1 is not happy with the situation or the plan, but Songbird is sinking deeper and deeper into her new aggressive persona, so he goes along with it. The T-Bolts catch up with the Hulk before the authorities arrive and attack him. Moonstone's had a long-standing grudge against him and viciously assaults the Hulk while venting about it. Mach 1 points out how the situation seems fishy to him even as the Hulk begins to adapt to Jolt's electric shocks and absorb Songbird's sonic constructs. Finally, Moonstone hits the Hulk hard enough to damage his face and reveal that it's actually a robot duplicate of the Hulk. Said duplicate was sent by Zemo and Techno, who monitor the fight from Zemo's castle, but unbeknownst to them, they are being watched from above by an infiltrator. An infiltrator named Citizen V. To be continued. Yeah. Yeah, this is... This was another issue uh, I bought off the shelf, and uh, I, I, you know, this was, you know... Being the age that I was, I really, I always really liked this issue because it's mostly a very action heavy issue. I mean, like there's like three different action sequences going on and, uh, you know, and Kurt Busiek is always good, like, you know, uh, managing them and making sure every character in it, like, you know, does something, you know, that's specific to that character. And, uh, you know, he's a good like manager of things like that. And, uh, you know, you, you've got the first, it's front loaded with the fight with the lightning rods. And then, you know, you've got the whole subplot with Eric and his brother, and then you've got the fight with the robot Hulk at the end. So, I mean, this, there's a lot, (laughs) this is a pretty like dense issue, but, uh, I mean, what's, what, what's the context in which you read this issue? This, I think, I mean, you know, this will be where my memory gets semi murky. So I, I may be lying like Shag was lying, but I think this is the penultimate Thunderbolts issue of my buying this on a regular basis. Like, I think I think I got up to 17 before I kind of, you know, was Audi 5000, you know, after that point. So that's sort of the context of me buying the book on a regular basis. I think 
I mean, I, you know, I, I, I get that the, the lightning rods versus, or, you know, the, the Great Lakes Avengers versus the Thunderbolts is kind of like the A plot of the, of the piece. And then it kind of morphs into the Thunderbolts fighting the, the robot Hulk in the back end of it. And that's still technically, you know, the A portion of the piece, I guess. I think I enjoyed the Eric Jostin, you know, B subplot the most, you know, cause it, yeah, I don't know. It just made me think about things. Like I, I guess, you know, it, it, it's a nice reminder cause you sort of forget like, Oh, you know, nobody recognizes him because he, he had plastic surgery. So it, you know, it makes me start thinking like, Oh, if, if you had to be a criminal and you had to have plastic surgery, like maybe you make yourself handsome so that, you know, Dallas Rudin has a crush on you or what, you know what I mean? Like, like it started like, I don't know, taking me down like those kind of roads. And then it's like, Oh, but he still, he still sort of feels bad and wants to go back to his hometown and find out what's going on with his family. And then it's almost like, this is a key moment for him because he kind of realizes that even though he maybe he was oblivious to it at the time, or maybe he just had no shits to give about it at the time. Like he, his actions as Goliath had an impact on his family that basically destroyed his family. Like, you know, not, not intentionally, not, you know, it was never his intent to do that to his family. But the fact that they go into that backstory and his brother explains to him, look, you know, once, once you were hometown boy gone bad, like, you know, nobody would work with us. Nobody would, you know, deal with this. So I became a drunk and Ma and Pa couldn't, you know, get any work and, and all this other stuff. So it's like, basically like that's, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's part of his apology tour, you know, like he, he's like, he, he, he wants to, to make right his wrongs. And so, you know, the, the first people on his apology tour list are his family, but then basically like before he really gets a chance to do that, he, you know, his, his brother dies because of these loan sharks coming to get, you know, money from him and everything. So then it turns into, you know, kind of a vendetta story. So like, and that's always been something that's kind of been my speed. So like, that's kind of why that's probably the, the, the plot of the story that I'm most drawn to. I think the stuff with the lightning rods, I think is, is Busick taking continuity and and running with it you know like because it was like you know it's funny because i mean you know we we herald that deadpool 11 but i mean the 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 lead into that deadpool 11 issue you know the cuckoo kachu daddy o shit and all that stuff like you know like that's that wouldn't have happened without doorman do you know what i mean like like and 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 the the whole notion of them being named the lightning rods like that's all Joe Kelly, like having a, you know, having a laugh at their expense. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's where all that's <laughs> introduced. And I think Busick just kind of plays with that. Like, oh, well, if that's what happened, then, of course, once the Thunderbolts are revealed as frauds, then, of course, they're going to be like, hey, we changed our name to sync with you guys. And you turned out to be, you know, no good Nicks. So, like, of course, of course, we're upset with you and we're going to. We're going to have a confrontation with you, you know, and, and, and I mean, I think everything stacks up. I mean, yeah, they're they're goofballs and they're kind of lovable goofballs, but it's like, you know, Big Bertha's like fought She-Hulk and like, you know, it makes sense that she's she's kind of 
you know, fighting Moonstone and all this other stuff. And, you know, so like all that stuff kind of makes sense. And then, you know, it's it's the Thunderbolts book. So, of course, they get round to power and, and make a comeback and 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 basically fool GW Bridge into thinking that that the the lightning rods were successful for long enough for them to get away or whatever you know so with some flim flammery which i i don't know like the the one thing that struck me as odd and i don't know how it struck you is i i guess i get that melissa made sonic images to fool them but then i was like what was big bertha in that like was it just a, a piece of machinery like was that is like was that Abe's jetpack that was disguised as big? Like what? 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 What is like? Because it's like I think when, it was just I, I. I thought it was just like a yeah Sonic like rig or something. I mean I know it's like colored like flesh colored in that one shot, but I, I just assumed it was yeah some kind of no, no, Sonic no, no, I'm, rig. I'm, or... I'm fine with that. Whether the Sonic thing could be, but you oh you're saying like it's a piece of equipment that amplifies her Sonics? Is that? Because no, no, there, no. there, there, like, there was an actual piece of machinery within her costume, like when the effect dissipates. So I, I, that, I, I that was, was my my was, questioning. Yeah, I was thinking it was just like Mach One's like harness or something. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, and that's with, fair. With, maybe they draped something over it, and then right, like, right, right. Melissa okay. filled out the rest with Sonic like got solid construct. Yeah, that's 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 a good enough no prize, or 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 maybe it's it's right there in the story, and I'm just you know questioning it. But that that's I guess the only thing it could be. And then you know, of course, we've got the little Zemo and and Techno subplot. Like I think my my favorite was what does he say to him? Like I I like the the when when he he comes in and. He's like, why are you fucking bothering me? You know, get the fuck out. You know, it's like, I was playing with my dolls. You know, leave me alone. And <laughs> Don't shit, come you know? in here. You know, but then but then he's like, dude, boss, I think I think you need to see this because because they're on the news. And then like the, my, I think my favorite is he's like my commendation. Like like I, you, you should have told me about this. I will stop playing with my dolls. You know, like so I think that was my favorite bit on the. The opening page. <laughs> He's like, everything. "Don't just barge in, Techno. I could have had my wiener out or something. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I could have been busy. I was following a really hot chick on the the webcams. You know, like what, whatever, whatever was going on. You know, but but like I like, I don't know, like but like I enjoy like that their you know, I guess witty repartee and, and all that kind of stuff like that's fun and then it's good to you know again like you know for for me you know zemo is a, a key part of my interest in this book so i i think that might explain you know the the less that he's featured the less i think was my general interest at the time and then the the whole thing they send a hulk robot after them so i guess if you if you want to recreate this in action figure form, I guess you have to run out and get that Marvel Select Hulk that has that swap out head with the 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 robot Hulk face, and and that's a trope that's been used a good number of times. You know, there's that famous Steve Lytle cover of classic X Men, you know, where you know Wolverine's claws have the the robot Hulk head on it. You know that that you know the robot Hulk's been used probably a, a good I number forgot, of times yeah, like... before this this 
issue takes place, but it I is know, like someone, someone, I, maybe it was a review I watched once or something I read where someone said, man, the trope of someone making like a robot Hulk is like way, way overused. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's probably countless examples. Like I said, I can't think of all of them, you know, immediately. But the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, obviously the 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 one in the X Men or whatever. But there, I'm sure there have been plenty of things like where, you know, when when uh, when Hulk and um, Super Thing fought or whatever, you know, the, the 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 quote unquote real Green Hulk shows up, and it's like even the fucking Hulk is like, you know. Joe Fixit Hulk is like, is that me? You know, like, like shit like that. And it, you know, it turns out to be a fucking robot Hulk, right? Like, so, I mean, that it gets done a good number of times and everything. And I guess what, what else it did was, was make me think of, or, or, or try to recall like what, you know, because they, they basically all the telltale signs should be there. Right. I mean, he's talking like, you know, classic old school you know me hulk smash you know like like the 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 monosyllabic type hulk that ostensibly hasn't been in existence for i don't know 10 years you know like since peter david's been writing the title and the reason why i say 10 years is because peter david i think wrote hulk for like you know 10 11 something years or whatever it's been and and if you look at the context of this issue I mean, this is Thunderbolts 16 comes out maybe uh, an issue or two before Peter David stops writing his original like 10, 11 year Hulk run. And I mean, at the time, uh, you know, just to put it in context, I mean, the Hulk was green. He wasn't gray. The Hulk wasn't the Professor Hulk, you know, but I mean, by this point, he was green but he may as well have been the Joe Fixit Hulk, like for all intents and you know what I mean? Like, like he could talk and wasn't he, he you know, he didn't talk like a, a, an imbecile basically, you know what I mean? Like he might've been, he might've been smart mouthed and, 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 you know, Peter Davidy, you know what I mean? Like he might've talked back to people and, and had an attitude, but he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, kind of the, you know, that sort of classic Hulk, you know, Hulk, Hulk will make puny humans pay, you know, type Hulk, right? Which this robot is, is clearly, it's got the, you know, the, the, the old, uh, you know, iOS operating system or whatever. It doesn't have like the current, the, the, the most recent updates for, for Hulk or whatever. And, and like, I think the issue of Hulk that came out when this issue came out was the issue that Betty dies in. You know, the thing where I, I don't know if you've ever read Hulk, but it's it's basically it's like this kind of sad thing where she gets, you know, like some kind of weird, like leader disease, cancer thing or whatever, I, you know, like. so I, I honestly like I remember that issue because like when I went to the store that month, like people were talking about it where they're like, yeah. oh, like the, the Hulk, you know, Betty Ross dies in this month's Hulk. And I think I like picked it up off the shelf. Just to, you know, like thumb through it. And I was like, oh, uh, you know, I didn't follow Hulk. But I mean, I knew who all the characters were. So like, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's that's the other thing that this made me think of was just, oh, what you know, what was going on with with the real Hulk at the time and in context of this 
issue. And it, it you know, I mean, it's funny, it, like if this issue, not, not that it's even possible, but if this issue had came out in, you know, 1972, then you could almost believe like someone would fall for this Hulk robot because it's a spitting image of, you know, uh, a Hulk from past runs and everything, or I don't know, maybe 1968 is a better year, but you know, whatever, like, like it, it, it basically is much more of a, a sort of classic, you know, Hulk as opposed to, you know, a- any of the interpretations of the Hulk in the, the, the large Peter David run and everything. So, I mean, and that's, that's something you think of. I, I mean, I know we've talked about this before, too, and uh, not only is, like, the honeymoon period over between Mach 1 and Songbird, but it's almost like, I don't know, like, like now it's like she's got, like, major attitude, you know what I mean? Like, that, 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 that like, like, it, it's, it's not, uh, you know, it's, it's the, it, maybe if, if, if Abe is lucky, they, they they do a lot of fighting and have a lot of makeup sex. Like if he's lucky, do you know what I mean? Like that's the stage that yeah, their fucking relationship uh-huh. is in at this point. Like constantly fighting, and if Abe's lucky, maybe he gets some makeup sex. But I mean, I don't even know if Abe's that lucky. So you know, well, there's... considering like they're like running around from like motel to motel, they probably yeah. don't even have any privacy. Like, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So 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 there's there's definitely that. I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe. Maybe what you know, if if uh, Moonstone and Jolt go out on a scouting mission, maybe. But yeah, yeah, there's there's probably not a whole lot of them uh, just having some one on one time. Either, I do, so. I do, I I do enjoy like Mach One's like you know Abe's like whole like you know oh this is a bad idea like in this right, issue, right. Like, it's kind of like not only are we like you know Moonstone is like you know leading us around by the nose, but clearly she has a grudge against the Hulk and like you know it's we're not like. This is this is some kind of personal thing for her and not yeah. really, you know, good. I mean, us. I mean, yeah, she's she's clearly, you know, uh, a Hulk villain, you know, like so uh, if anyone has a grudge against the Hulk, it's going to be her. And she, you know, it, it's interesting, too, for someone who usually uh, is is manipulative and and works behind the scenes to get what she wants. Like, it, I, I think some of this is her like blowing off some steam you know like she just wants something to punch and I, I think that's supposed to be your your no prize or explanation like i i don't think moonstone's that stupid you know what i mean i think she knows this isn't the real hulk but she just she's like fuck it like it's here like it, it, it it's probably just as much a danger had the real hulk been on a rampage like let's just fuck this thing up you know what i mean like and and she just you know she just doesn't care she just wants to you know, take take out some frustration and anger on somebody, and and that robot just happens to be there. Yeah, and as as for like the Eric like subplot, like this is kind of like you know, not only is it character development for Eric, but it's like setting up his brother Conrad, who like shows up like later in the series. So like you know, we mentioned like Carl mentions, oh like uh, you know our our little brother changed his name and moved away, and like you know, eventually like you you meet him in this like later on in the series. So you know that's you know Kurt Busiek like so even setting though, up some breadcrumbs for later, yeah, later even though he was. Even yeah, he wasn't even writing the book when Conrad like comes back, but it's just like, hey, you know, here's another like thread someone can follow eventually. Right, right, right. 
but yeah, I think that's all. I, I, I love that whole bit where the lone shark is like, there was something about his brother. I forgot what it was, but there's something about it. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Like, and then like, he's, you know, when Atlas does his growing thing, he's like, Oh shit. That's what it was. Like, that, that's what I forgot. Yeah. 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 I was going to ask you like, like in, in your context, had you, were you reading Deadpool at the same time you were reading this or did you read Deadpool later? Like, I guess the reason why I'm asking is I, I'm just curious, like, was this your first introduction to the Great Lakes Avengers or the Lightning yeah, Rods? Yeah, like, I, I didn't, like, I kind of read, like, like, you know, odds and ends, like, for Deadpool, but, like, I don't uh, think I read those, yeah, like, Deadpool 11 and when they guest starred in his book. So. Okay, okay. So yeah, this this was or last issue I should say was right right like, when, when for they... the first time like I was like who the hell are these guys like so right okay okay but yeah like I, I think I you know like I said as a teenager I, I just liked this issue because uh, it was like a lot of fight scenes and stuff mm-hmm. and it's like oh cool this is like you know this is fun to read and yeah and Mark Bagley's art is great as always like I think and, and you know it, it, and it wasn't like. Even even if this was my first like uh, impression of the Great Lakes Avengers, it wasn't like you know I took them like deadly serious or anything because I think even you know the Thunderbolts are not taking them that seriously. So, right, you know, right, right. Like I, I love the bit where like Mach One's like you know I'm a human fighter pilot and you're just a big ribbon like to flat man like right, know? right, right. So like yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think the the best way I could describe it is this is. This issue is like a, a slugfest sandwich, but I mean the top bread is is a little funky, you know, like because because it's but intentionally, you know, it's it's supposed to be kind of like this this funky thing, and then and then even the bottom bread is like you think you think it's the Incredible Hulk, maybe if you don't know any better, but but clearly something's a little off about it. So it's it's kind of like a slugfest sandwich, but the bread is a little off on both ends, you know, and not. Not in a necessarily bad way, but just, you know, something that you're not accustomed to. And then, you know, it's like then and then you get this this kind of, I guess, nice splash and reveal of, of the the new Citizen B or whatever, you know. And, and, and we've kind of had some hints of that as we've been reading from issue to issue. But it looks like that's coming to a head as well. So, I mean, you know, this this again, kind of like, you know broken record right but but well written you know all the characters have unique and individual you know language and 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 good you know subplots and interesting dynamics between the teammates and the characters there's you know a a, a lot of development between the the various members of the team and i you know again i i think this is you know generally an entertaining issue yeah, like you, you like you were saying, uh, all the repartee between uh, Zemo and Techno. Like I like, um, like I like the bit where like you know Zemo is like you know how are you with like robotics Techno and like Techno's all like you know how am how's I you, with robotics? Yeah, how's your how's your German? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like you said, like the about how the Hulk talks and stuff and like even Zemo's like the friggin continuity nerd or whatever. He's like, he's like, why is the Hulk talking like that? And like Techno's all like, oh, dude, dude, like, sorry, but like those are the only back issues I had access to. So sorry. But yeah, I mean, I enjoy this issue. I think like, 
you know, I, I was still along for the ride and, you know, I, w- I was very invested at this point. So, but yeah, yeah. Anything else or you want to? No, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Okay. Well, we'll take a quick break and then we'll be back with the uh, historical portion of our show. So stay tuned. Okay. I'm going to do the promo now. Really? Finally. Okay. Let's do the promo. What do you mean? Let's do the promo. I'm the one who has to do it. Well, can I with it then? Okay. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> Iron Man, the Incredible Hulk, the Mighty Thor, the Captain America. Wow, being dramatic there, aren't we? Do do you think it's too much? Should I back off? No, 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 you're fine. You're good. Okay. You've seen the Earth's mightiest heroes in the Avengers franchise of films. Now you can enjoy the stories that have inspired those films through the magic of comic podcasting magic of podcasting? You sure about that one? Well, yeah, because, you know, we're awesome. Like, magic. Only without actually seeing any magical things. Just go with it, go with it, go with it. Okay. Don't forget to tell them what we're actually doing on the show. Oh, oh yeah, okay. So join Lily Wilson, the awesomest teenage comics fan in the world, uh-huh. as her father takes her through all the early comics that feature characters from the Avengers franchise of films. And some that aren't in those films yet, but will be. Because we started with the anime before we had a full film. Oh, well, yeah. And don't forget Spider-Man. So that's not the Avenger, but he's there. Oh, okay. So um, maybe it should be that feature characters that have been, are currently, or will one day be in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Better. And where should they go not see this magical podcasty goodness? New episodes can be found... <coughs> do I have to do the voice? Yes, you do. Okay, okay. New episodes can be found at the Complete Marvel Reading Order website, cmro.travis-starns.com, and clicking under the Podcasts tab, or on iTunes by searching Complete Marvel Reading Order, or just search for the name of the show itself. Um, Dad? Don't you think we should actually say the name of our show? Oh. Yeah! Avengers! Inspirations! Podcast! Listen and stuff. Yeah, good job, Dad. Thank you. Hey, folks. uh, Welcome back. Uh, We hope you enjoyed that uh, commercial uh, or whatever I put in there. I don't know. I don't know the future. It could be anything. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, Derek, why don't you uh, tell the uh, listeners what we are talking in our historical portion tonight? So I figured it'd be entertaining because I, I think, you know, even we, we, we even talked about this, I think, in the last episode. But the first thing that comes to my mind when I see the Great Lakes Avengers, you know, and, and Mike had said he had never heard of the Great Lakes Avengers, a.k.a. the lightning rods, until he saw them in Thunderbolts. And to me, I was like, oh, yeah, the you know, the Great Lakes Avengers, you know, from West Coast Avengers 46. Like, that's immediately what I think of. So I, I brought West Coast Avengers 46 for the historical half. The cover date is July 1989. The on-sale date was March 7th, 1989. The cover price was a whopping 75 cents. The title of West Coast Avengers 46 is titled Fran- is titled Franchise. The editor is Howard Mackey. The writer and penciler is John Byrne. Inker is Mike Macklin. 
letterer Bill Oakley, colorist Bob Sharon. And I sort of grabbed a synopsis, but kind of, you know, tweaked it so that um, so that it had some fun English stuff and, and was semi-accurate. So we'll, we'll, we'll go into that now. We open as one of our cover stars is attempting to stop a bank robbery in Milwaukee. Unfazed, the bank robbers blow this hero away with their Uzis. The hero gets shot in the chest and dies. At this point, the rest of our cover stars enter the fray. A flat-shaped Mr. Fantastic wannabe grabs the hostages. A ginormous fat woman smashes right through the bank wall. And a silhouette that crackles with black Kirby Crackle energy. And the pink female with dinosaur wings all startle the bank robbers. This time, the robbers either miss shooting the pink female with dinosaur wings, or the ginormous fat woman simply absorbs all the bullets blob-style and ricochets them back at the robbers. It turns out the hero that got shot and died in the opening is now alive again, and angrily starts to beat on one of the robbers until the flat-shaped Mr. Fantastic wannabe stops him. We discover the flat-shaped Mr. Fantastic wannabe's name is Flatman, as he holds Mr. Immortal in place. The ginormous fat woman, Big Bertha, calls to Dinosaur, the pink female with dinosaur wings, to calm Mr. Immortal down with her hypersonic, quote-unquote, magic touch. Doorman, the silhouetted figure, announces the cops and the press have arrived And Mr. Immortal makes a statement that announces the superhero team as the Great Lakes Avengers. In a motel in Los Angeles, we find Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye, has learned of the so-called Great Lakes Avengers on the radio. He has recently quit the West Coast team when U.S. agent was forced onto the team by the U.S. government. After a knock at the motel door... Clint answers in only a towel to find his ex-wife, Bobby Morris, a.k.a. Mockingbird, at the door. They argue, but despite that, Bobby seems to want to reconcile. Meanwhile, at the West Coast Avengers compound, John Walker, a.k.a. U.S. Agent, is served breakfast by the team's new cook, Mrs. Uh, I'm going to mess this up. Mrs. Hagis? Hagis? When a mouse runs through the kitchen, the currently feral version of Tigra chases after it. Walker picks up Tigra by the back of her hair, and Tigra claws like crazy at the newest West Coast Avenger. Walker slaps her to try and snap Tigra out of her craze, but this does nothing and she scurries away. Clint and Bobby take a commercial flight to Milwaukee to investigate these so-called Great Lakes Avengers. Sometime later, the Great Lakes Avengers are investigating mysterious lights seen over the Germania building. Mr. Immortal is in uh, Mr. Immortal is the field leader, telling Dina to scout the top floors of the building as she could fly. He then tells Doorman to open a portal for Flatman to get into the building. Dina is captured by an unseen assailant, who is clearly Hawkeye, and uses a whistle to alert her own team. Big Bertha bounces herself and Mr. Immortal to the top floor, and Mr. Immortal jumps off to confront the shadowy figure with a bow and arrow that is clearly Hawkeye. Mr. Immortal thinks Hawkeye is a big faker and kicks him in the face! 
Mockingbird backs up Hawkeye and kicks Mr. Immortal in the face right back. Mr. Immortal does a backflip off the building to retreat and falls to his second death of the issue. Mockingbird is distressed by another death so soon after her confrontation with the Phantom Rider, who she killed. Flatman finds her concern genuine and introduces himself as the deputy leader of the Great Lakes Avengers. He explains that Mr. Immortal isn't just a cool name and that he can't die and they all reconvene at Big Bertha's apartment, the GLA's de facto headquarters. It turns out when not in her ginormous fat woman form, Big Bertha is a glamorous Cindy Crawford-esque supermodel. Mockingbird recognizes Bertha now as the Vogue cover model Ashley Crawford. Although Hawkeye came out to Milwaukee to dissuade these new heroes from using the Avengers moniker, he begins to think, with his involvement, they could be a heck of a team. Back in Los Angeles, Wanda comes out of the pool at the compound when Carlos, a.k.a. Spanish Jarvis, has a letter for her. The letter is from the Absalon College of Robotics, who are offering to assist with Vision's recovery. To be continued, but in some other podcast, not this one. So that is the synopsis for West Coast Avengers issue 46. Uh, I, this, was, this was in the heyday of comic specialty shops. I did not get this off a of spinner rack. I got this from a direct market shop. It was probably my local shop in Fremont Comic Zone where I picked this up. I was buying... West Coast Avengers on a regular basis because it was John Byrne. And I guess as far as little factoids or whatever, uh, this is the final issue. This title is called West Coast Avengers because with issue 47, the title of the book is changed to Avengers West Coast, much to the chagrin of people that like to file their comic books alphabetically. Uh, shout out to Professor Allen. I don't know what he does with these, but I assume one is filed under Avengers West Coast, under A, and the other one is filed under West Coast Avengers. That would drive me crazy. I kept, I kept all those in the same fucking box, and the alphabet be goddamned. The cover blurb, of course, states great lakes avengers assemble i mean i don't know this was to me this was a uh essential run of avengers so that, that i mean kind of kind of like when justin asked me like what's bat cow and i went you don't know what bat cow is like i i feel like you know if you're an avengers fan and you're a hawkeye fan like this is something like you know like you haven't read the burn west coast like it's like that's i don't know it's just the, 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 it, you know, it's it's like geometry. It's a given statement for me. So that's kind of why I immediately went to this when we were talking about the lightning rods or the Great Lakes Avengers, and and that's kind of immediately what I what I go to. I mean, they they didn't stick around very long. They were supposed to be a joke. I mean, I I kind of wonder if they were just intended to be a one off thing. But then it's like they they do seem to have subplot cred where you know hawkeye tries to turn them into a team but they they're they're in maybe a few more issues of west coast avengers they're in an issue of the regular avengers title which had a very interesting subplot that i don't think they ever did anything with which was they had i think mr immortal accidentally fall into doorman 
when he wasn't trying to make a door. And then Dinosaur, like, flies into Doorman and pulls him out. But, like, there, there uh, it, it sounded like the guys at Avengers were going to, like, like Hawkeye was like, we're going to research this and find out what the hell's going on with you, Doorman. And they never did. Like, no one ever looked into it ever again. Like, ever. <laughs> which, which I guess is fortunate because, you know, I guess uh, we would have never gotten, you know, hey there, daddy-o or whatever. Like, we would never got Deadpool traveling back in time to uh, Amazing Spider-Man or whatever. But yeah, and I mean, I mean, and then and then I think I, I guess the final appearance before Deadpool and this is there's an Avengers annual 19 and they fight like Ultra, Ult, Ultraminus, Ultra Terminus. Like it was some, you know, it was one of those annuals and like it just had like, you know, a bunch of big stories in it or whatever. And it was like the West Coast team, the East Coast team and you know, Midwest team, I guess, for lack of a better term, all converge, right? Because it's, it's it was like a take on Terminus, but instead of it being Terminus, it was like this four-armed Terminus that had like a weird face or whatever, like compared to the regular Terminus. And I think it was called like Ultra Terminus or something. And they, they basically all team up and fight and whatever. And th- there was some chastisement, I think, from Mockingbird where she was like, you know, hey, Hawkeye, you ditched this team w- once you, you know, started hanging out with the West Coast team again or whatever. And I, I think other than that, like, that's that that's basically where they are by the time you're reading this. So, you know, and then I guess, you know, people don't do anything with them for a really long time. And then in between that, like Onslaught and Heroes Reborn happens and then they're the lightning rods, I guess. So, and I mean, as far as, I mean, we've talked about this in the past on the, the standard podcast before we even had like spinoff shows or whatever, but we've, we've talked about the, the slot, you know, Great Lakes Avengers disassemble, you know, miniseries, which is hilarious, right? It's it's really funny and, you know, uh, a, a good read, right? So, I mean, there's there's also that to look forward to in the future. But that's kind of like my long and short on the Great Lakes Avengers. I mean, I, I sort of have fond memories from, from the John Byrne run of West Coast Avengers. And I, I kind of have fond memories of their miniseries. And I have fond memories of Deadpool 11. So these guys always kind of, you know. I'm not saying like they're my favorite characters ever or my favorite team, but they certainly happen to be in the middle of everything when some cool stuff is, is, is occurring basically. I mean, I I had read this issue before when I did my read through of like West coast Avengers and, you know, all the burn stuff is like, obviously like, you know, beautiful art, like, and you know, some really interesting stuff going on. And yeah, it's it's funny that he introduced like, you know, this team of I mean, they're they're almost not like even played as jokes like in this like in their debut. Like, I mean, they're obviously a little goofy and stuff, but like, you know, even Hawkeye sees like, you know, potential in them, at least, you know, it's interesting to see them like and how how little they I guess they've changed over the years when you look at like, you know, what we just like talked about in the and that was like almost like 10 years later. So, I mean, I feel like like if you if you really squint your eyes, these are all like knockoff characters of like other characters. You know, I mean, I was 
especially ragging on Flatman for just being like, you know, a, 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 whatever you want to call it, a dollar store Mr. Fantastic. But I mean, you know, you, you could make the argument Doorman is kind of evoking, you know, the, the alien costume Spider-Man look or whatever. And I might say, just because I'm a big Madcap fan, that like, for all you know, if if you've never seen Mr. Immortal and Madcap in the same room at the same time, like, could they possibly be the same guy? Because they both can recover from, you know, death injury, like within, you know, seconds and stuff like that. And then I'm trying to think, but like, I think Big Bertha, I want to say there's like some other character that's extremely similar to the way she looks. And then I guess you could argue like, you know, Sauron or somebody, but it's pink and a girl, you know, like, I don't know. But, you know, so I, I don't know that necessarily a lot of creative thought was put into the looks of the characters. But, I mean, you know, the, 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 you know, essentially they were a subplot and they served their purpose in the the, the West Coast Avengers book. And, and, and some people like Joe Kelly and Kurt Busiek have have picked up that ball that that Byrne kind of tossed in the in you know, a general direction to no one in particular, you know, like, and, and, and have kind of run with it, you know, like, so, I mean, it is what it is, but again, this is, you know, again, if you, like you said, the, the art and this is great. And, and it, you know, to me, it was kind of, a you know, essential, you know, must reading of, of, of the day, right? Like, it's like, you weren't hip and cool unless you were reading Sean Byrne, West Coast Avengers. And that's, I mean, that's pretty much what I have to say about it. But I just, I thought it was worth bringing to talk about, especially because of the way this ties into, you know, the the primary Thunderbolts comic. Well, I know you weren't, I don't think you were following it, but I mean, Mr. Immortal showed up on the She-Hulk show Ah, like, okay. And it, it's weird because, you know, like the MCU, they kind of like, you know, light lighten up everything and like, you know, to, you know, appeal to a mass audience or whatever. But I, I feel like they, they, they like went the opposite direction with Mr. Immortal. Cause like, like his episode, the whole deal was like, he was, first of all, he's like in his, like the Mr. Immortal that shows up on the She-Hulk show is in his like forties or fifties or sixties even. And he's like, his whole scam is that like he marries all these women. And then when he gets sick of them, he kills himself and then like pretends like he's dead. So they like move on. And then he goes on and lives like another life or whatever. So like she like uh, there were like 30, 40 women all trying to sue him because they found out he was immortal or whatever. So he needed like she Hulk's representation or whatever. So, I mean, like basically it was like <laughs> nothing to do with the actual comic character sure, aside sure. From, yeah. from the name and what like his powers are. So, but I mean, like this is it's weird. It's like. <laughs> the the comic character was like too goofy for them, so they had to like pull back a little from like right, you know, right, yeah. But but yeah, I mean the, these characters, whenever they show up, I think they're kind of funny and like uh, you know they're they're all visually distinct and like uh, it's fun to see them. Like and yeah, that like Dan Slott like miniseries is a mm-hmm. is a hilarious read. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah, like when they showed up in Thunderbolts, like, you know, obviously that that was the first time I ever met them. So, like, when I, like, I, I didn't know where they came from until I read this issue. So I was like, oh, this is, this must be their first appearance because no one yeah. knows who they are. Like, you know, yep. so, and 
you know, it, again, I think we made the connection. Like they are also like a Hawkeye affiliated team. So that's mm-hmm. probably why like Kurt Busick, like, like, you know, seeded them in. So, you know, Avengers, Thunderbolts, Great Lakes, Avengers, <laughs> Great Lakes lightning, Avengers. Rod, lightning Rods. I make any team. I make any that. team better. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. And like I said, you know, John Burns art is great as always. I mean, you know, Bobby and Wanda, I mean, they're looking fine mm-hmm. on this issue. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and everyone else, even even like even Hawkeye, I think, looks like totally like on model. And like, you know, when mm-hmm. he's in his costume, like that's the Hawkeye like I envision basically is yeah. like, yeah, you know, John Byrne is one of those guys who like, you know, draws people the way they should be drawn, basically. So. But yeah, like I, you know, I, I enjoyed this. I it's a good a good choice for a tie-in like i, I kind of like when i when i even before we discussed this issue i was like oh yeah by the time we get to 16 we should do like the g the gla's first appearance or something yeah, yeah. so like, i'm glad we we vibed with that so yeah yeah for sure i mean it, it's funny too because like you know you, for for characters that are kind of you know ostensibly you know kind of one-off jokes or whatever like they you know they they certainly you know, I'm not saying like, you know, if you were a collector, right, it's not like there's a lot of issues you have to collect to have a complete collection of Great Lakes Avengers stories. But then, you know, they, they got to trade paperback, too. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like it's like there's there's clearly, you know, some love and marketability for them, you know, out there if they're releasing like trades of, you know, the the Great Lakes Avengers misassembled and then putting some of these early stories in the same trade to kind of fill it out and everything so i mean you know i i i think this is uh you know again something that was fun to to revisit and i guess i'd just say to anybody if you haven't read burns west coast avengers run what what are you waiting for like go go (laughs) read it no, another small bit I wanted to mention too, like you know, obviously nowadays, like since he's a you know live action MCU star or whatever, everyone thinks like you know U.S. Agent John Walker is like a total asshole or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he is. That's a legit interpretation of him. Most of the time, he is an asshole. But I like these scenes of him being nice to like the hired help. I guess because it's yeah, like, yeah. I feel like that's a good like someone who treats like you know the hired help or waiters or anything like nice i think that's like a sign of a you know someone of upstanding character i feel like well i mean you know you know people can say whatever they want but but john walker for all his conflicts and 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 all the things like obviously it's easy to make the straw man argument and kind of throw him under the bus because he had to fight cap and this and that and the other thing and maybe he was misled by people who didn't have his best interests at heart but just on his own, like you say, like, you know, what is it that, you know, it's it's kind of like what you're getting at. It's like you can you can tell the, the 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 quality of a person by by how they treat the people that work under them or, you know, how they treat, you know, their their employees or how they treat their family or what, you know, all, all those things can be telltale signs. Right. And And you're just pointing out, look, like, you know. He, you know, there's and and it's interesting because there's misunderstandings on both sides because that poor, you know, housekeeper's like, oh, I thought I thought Tiger just did that. I thought she just came in and ate the mice all the time. And 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 there's an aspect of like, you know, I don't know. To me, there's always the temptation to play guys like 
Guy Gardner or an, an Orion or or U.S. agent or whoever. Like they're just you know angry dunderheads all the time. And this is you know the, it, it's a good example of him kind of going like one. It's like yeah okay he's he, you know I guess in today's day and age they'd be like oh you got to let Tigra be who she wants to be. She, she wants to eat mice's then then she can eat mice's you know or whatever. But like like he, he, to him he's kind of like wait a minute, she's never done that before. Like, two, it's fucking disgusting. Like, you know, like, you're not supposed to eat a raw mouse. And then, and then on top of that, like, they're, they're having that discourse between the two of them where the, the housekeeper's realizing, like, oh, I, you know, she's like, I just assumed this was normal, but based on your reaction, because you're a good person, like now she's realizing, oh, wait, that that wasn't as normal as I thought it was. You know, she's trying not to lose her job and not to rock the boat, you know, but then now she feels comfortable enough to tell him like, oh, hey, this this has been going on for a little while. I didn't realize it was bad. Right. Like and so I don't know, like that's like you said, that's a that's a good moment between between the two of them. I, okay. Ironically, he's going to he's going to be the next uh, Thunderbolts movie star, too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Because he's he's part of the lineup or whatever. You know. Yeah. You know. What I was gonna say. I was surprised. Like, I guess Big Bertha doesn't show up in that She-Hulk TV show, does she? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Because they they. I mean, eventually they go at it in the West Coast Avengers run stuff, and she makes a pretty good showing against She-Hulk. I think it's like a mind controlled She-Hulk, but like you know, they 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 have a good back and forth. You know, as far as a scuffle and stuff like that, and. Big Bertha makes a pretty good showing, considering it's She-Hulk, so, you know. Is there anything worse than dating in your 30s? Get in my belly! All right, well, I think that's... Have you said all you wanted to say? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, all right, well, I mean, that that was our episode. Uh, Derek, why don't you do our usual uh, stuff? So if you guys have any other comments, questions, and or concerns, if you think... Eating live mice is not disgusting. You can send your angry, angry emails to fanholspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to check out the backlog of episodes of Justice, not entirely dissimilar to Lightning, a Thunderbolts podcast, you can direct download them over on the fanholspodcast.blogspot.com. We're on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets tweets that we receive and we can be streamed we're over on apple podcasts we're on stitcher radio google play spotify and amazon music thank you derek so this is mike saying we have no right to judge tigra for her mice eating all right this is derek derek wc mice eating is nasty <laughs> signing off you know what i think i will judge her for that yes <laughs> I think it's kind of gross, in fact. You don't know where that mouse has been. Kids were laughing in my classes while I was scheming for the masses. Who do you think you are?
dreaming about being a big star. They say you're basic, they say you're easy. You're always riding in the backseat. Now I'm smiling from the stage while you were clapping in the nosebleeds. Did you see him? I meant to ask you, did you see that trailer for that new Legion of Superheroes direct video? I did. Yeah, that looks kind of bad. But yeah, I, I, I don't have any high hopes for it. I mean, I don't even... Uh, I mean, most stuff, I look at it and go, I'm not going to watch that shit. You know, like, like mostly, and I, I mean, I don't know, there wasn't anything, like, horribly offensive in it, but but just, like, all, like, except for the long Halloween, like, everything from that, um... Oh, that new style? Yeah, that, yeah. that, that administration or that production team or whatever it is has just been very, you know, ho-hum, so I, I have, like, zero you know, expectation. Yeah. I, you know, I was like, just laughing because it's like, don't worry, like Batman's in it. Like, don't yeah, worry. it's okay. Bat- Batman shows up. <laughs> don't panic. Like, don't, don't, don't overlook this. Batman's in it. Even though he has seemingly very little to do with the Legion, but yeah. <laughs> it's very, uh, everything is, here's my new, like, favorite, you know, internet term. Like, everything has been very mid recently. Very mm-hmm. mid. Yes, yes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm not even whelmed by shit anymore. Uh-huh. 